Welcome to Boys of Summer. We're finally back to give you hopefully an entertaining, if not cathartic, podcast for all you baseball fans who are either confused or perplexed or upset about the start of the season, but at least we have baseball. So joining me tonight is Gene Gums from Connecticut, Eric Braun from Texas, Houston, Texas, that is. And um, both these guys come tonight with sort of sad hearts a little bit. This season hasn't gone <laughs> as, as well as they wanted, so uh, the counselor is now in session. Just like Lucy and Peanuts, I'll only charge you a nickel each for your um, get it off awesome. your chest. So, Gene, Boy, the, your yeah. beloved Red Sox, uh, where do um, you start, right? Well, you know, look, here's the thing. We knew that this was going to be a long year. You know, with, with Chris Sale getting hurt in the first spring training, not the second one, but the first one, and and the fact that uh, they they traded David Price, and then Erod comes down with uh, the coronavirus and has complications. So now uh, they're thinking about trying out me for the pitching staff. So you knew it was going to be a problem. I did not expect it to be this big a problem because you know I still thought they could win games. You know, ten nine, nine eight. Yeah, the problem is they're not hitting either. There isn't anybody on that team that's hitting the ball consistently right now so it's embarrassing i mean for a team that has uh, what won four world world series since 2004 to be this bad it's it's downright embarrassing and it's it's to a point guys i can't watch it um i turned this i turned today's game off um in the fourth inning when they were down uh, 10 to 3 yeah, and I said, I don't know. You know, last night they were down eight nothing in the fourth inning, and I said, I I can't watch this. It's just, uh, you know. And my wife told me, by the way, I wasn't allowed to get mad at baseball this year because I'm supposed to be so happy that it's back. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I and I and I nodded my head a lot, and I said, Yes, dear, you're right, dear. Yes, that dear. lasted about five minutes. Yeah. Well, just tell her that this is good. You get all your frustration out at baseball, so you're extra patient and loving toward her. Does that work? No. I'll try that. I'll try that, but I don't think I don't think she's going to buy it. But you know, here's the thing: if it weren't for this, what the heck would I have to talk about on my my talk show every morning? I mean, it's given me plenty of ammunition. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I have tuned you in on Facebook, and I thought I saw some white foam going at the corner of your <laughs> mouth a few times. You might have, or might you that might was have. creamer from your coffee? Maybe I don't. Well, know. well, it might have been both. Yeah, and then Eric Braun is out there and hot. Houston, Texas, and the Astros are hot for a different reason. Um, they've resorted to just telling the other team what pitches they're throwing. Did you see that, Eric? I did not. Did, did they oh, Zach, Zach Greinke. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> Him and the catcher couldn't get on the same page, and they finally Zach just said, okay, this is the sign, you know, this is going to be strike, this is going to be curve. I guess playing yeah. without fans is starting to make Greinke even more crazy than normal. But, Eric, yeah. what's, he still got him out. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy good. if it works. Yeah. So, Eric, what's the scuttlebutt out in Houston as baseball fans? But you're really a, a Royals fan. And I'm think- really a Royals fan, but yeah, but I've been watching, you know, <laughs> some of the uh, hilarity with the uh, with the Astros this year, because it's been probably the most entertaining uh, storyline uh, of the season for, for, for me anyway. Just watching, you know, uh, the whole Joe Kelly thing was hysterical. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, the just just all the silliness around that, the the ridiculous fight the other day. Um, to me, it's just it was it's totally predictable, right? Um, you, you knew that people were going to throw at them. 
I didn't expect it to be somebody like Joe Kelly who wasn't really even involved. Oh, no, I expected it. Oh, it's really? Joe, it's Joe Kelly. Yes, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Don't so, forget, he was in Boston. I, <laughs> right. Well, that's the other hilarious part, right? So he's in one of the teams that have, was on one of the teams that have been implicated in the whole thing. So it's just, it's so funny. I just laugh and laugh. Mm. So you say that with a grin, I guess, but your Royals have picked up the pace recently, right? They have. They started off pretty rough when they, they ran into the machine that is the, the Detroit Tigers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, had a little trouble. Had a little trouble with that team, uh, and boost, boosted you into what second place now. So you're welcome. Um, and I, I like that you're all of a sudden talking a lot of smack. <laughs> uh, you know, your team goes two two games above 500. But anyway, I'm not bitter. For the first um, time in years. <laughs> no. Hey, uh, don't be haters, man. We're finally seeing the light of day. We're just thrilled to be above 500. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But yeah, the Royals. So the, the Royals start out the year, you know, uh, basically with one starting pitcher because the rest of them were um, out with COVID. Um, they uh, uh, by the time they got them back. Most of them started coming back last week. Um, you know, we're uh, uh, we've actually started playing some pretty good baseball. So we've had a you know a few bumps along the way, but the uh, the bullpen has been a pleasant surprise for the most part. Not last night, but for the most part. Um, Trevor Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah, he's really. I mean, oh, he's been resurrected. Yeah, yeah. Blue Springs boy, just a. I mean, Blue Springs is. Uh, you know, like 10 miles from uh, Coffin Stadium. That's where he grew up. Yep. Um, and he, uh, so, you know, getting the, I guess getting back home, got his, uh, got him, got him fixed after a disastrous year last year. Mm. Well, you know, and how about, how about this, Paul? How about if the season ended today? Yes. The Tigers. Yes. And the Baltimore Orioles yes. are both in the playoffs. Wow. I how about that? Records. Yeah. The Baltimore Orioles, who have lost over 100 games the last two years, and the Detroit Tigers would be playoff teams, and the, and the Boston Red Sox would be sitting home fighting out with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates for the number one draft pick. Right. I looked it up. The teams that would make the playoffs as it stands today would be New York, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, Oakland, um, Texas, San Diego, Baltimore. So um, that's amazing. And then in the National League, you'd have, because um, I can't even read my own writing, Miami, Atlanta, Cubs, um, Cincinnati, uh, Colorado, and the Dodgers. I'm not including the St. Louis Cardinals in this. I mean, they only played five games, which leads right, me right. to the next story, big line, because I've watched part of baseball, but to be honest, and don't get mad at me, guys, I've watched other sports. I, I admit it. I admit it. I've, I've strayed away and watched some hockey, which has been amazing. <laughs> I've watched yeah. some NBA. I even have enjoyed golf um, recently. So if these teams are not able to make up all the games, how do they figure it all out, Gene? Well, I, they're, they're talking about just going in based on winning percentage. Um, you know, so because I don't see at this point, I mean, the Cardinals haven't played a game since the 29th of July. So there's no physical way that they can make up all those games before mm -hmm. the playoffs would start. They're going to end up probably five or six games short. So uh, Rob Manfred has said that they will use winning percentage. Mm. You know, as if as if this hasn't been, you know, complicated enough. 
Yeah. You know, you know, can you imagine a team that has five more wins than the Cardinals doesn't get in because their winning percentage isn't high mm. enough? That's going to be a tough one to swallow. I, well, I heard today that, you know, basically MLB is making up as they go along. Like no, this, no, no question. The double headers coming up with seven innings each. I thought, are we in Little League again? Um, yeah. Which we're going to get to in a little bit. That's our third segment, some of the new rules and how we – see if they're good or bad, but the, I wanted to at least start with a positive story somewhere in this mess called the 2020 Major League Baseball season, and I texted these guys and said, tell me your favorite storyline of the season so far, and I have five storylines here because I figure you guys could go anywhere and take my stories away, so I'll go with you, Eric. What's your favorite storyline of this year so far? Oh, uh, well, uh, for me, it's pretty easy. That would be uh, uh, Salvador uh, Perez's return, and he has been absolutely mashing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was, uh, I know, at least through last week, he you know, had some ridiculous number percentage of the top exit velocities on on home runs this year. He's just, you know, he's got that new Tommy John repaired arm, and I guess he's just uh, just pounding the ball. You know, he sat out all of last year, so. Um, with that, so I'm very happy to have him back and, and watching him. Nice, uh, just uh, play great baseball. So this is going to be really cynical for a second. After I said we we're going to be positive, do you <laughs> think this year is an easier year for guys to cheat with taking supplements than other years because we're so distracted with everything else going on? I That's a good question. I never even thought about that. Uh, they're getting tested a lot, right? For well, they're getting, tested, they're getting tested for COVID, but I don't know whether right. they, I don't know if they've relaxed their other testing procedures. I've never even thought about that. Yeah, I don't know. Because, Paul, you could be starting something here. You know? <laughs> well, I'm trying to give you material for your morning cup of coffee show. Yeah, there, man. I, may, I may talk about that tomorrow. I hadn't thought about that. You know, Aaron Judge, every time he hits a home run now, I'm going to be screaming for a P test. <laughs> yeah, give a P test. Um, yeah. But this is the year where anytime you see somebody do an amazing comeback, I guess I always scratch my head and going, hmm, to come out of the gate and play this well, is there something going on? And maybe I'm just too skeptical with things going on in the world. Um, Gene, what's your if favorite storyline? Tra- wait, 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 wait. If you're trash-talking Salvi, oh, <laughs> we might have a problem. You know, Salvador. I have three things that, I, I, that I'm enthused about. Uh, one is uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., I have been. Uh, I've watched a lot of Padre games because uh, Don Arcillo is a friend of mine, and and uh, frankly, I can't watch the Red Sox anymore. <laughs> uh, watching Tatis hit the ball has been unbelievable, and then watching him play defense. This kid's 21 years old, mm. and he is. Uh, he may be the next Mike Trout. Mm. He may be. He's got all the tools. He's not. He doesn't have the bulk that Trout has. He's not built like a linebacker like Trout. Mm-hmm. But this kid can play and plays incredible defense. He's got the stick. He's got speed. I mean, there isn't anything this kid can't do. Uh, I, I've been loving watching him play. So that's number one. Uh-huh. Uh, number two, I've been loving watching the, the Miami Marlins win. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean. Well, you know, and, and, you know, as much as I hate the New York Yankees, I have always liked Don Mattingly. Yeah. And I always felt, I felt Don Mattingly has, I thought he got shafted in New York. 
Mm-hmm. I thought he got shafted with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And so I would love nothing more than to see him win a championship in Miami and then, you know, thumb his nose at everybody. They've got some pretty good young players down there, and it's been kind of fun, especially after that long layoff they had for the coronavirus to come back and win the way they have. That's but They were, what, 7-1 and one at one point. Mm-hmm. I think they're 8-4 and four now, but that's still – they've been a lot of fun. And my, my third thing, and this is kind of a homer thing, I guess, uh, has been the – uh, reemergence of Daniel Bard, uh, a kid who was a closer. He was suppo- he was the setup guy for Jonathan Papelbon mm-hmm. in Boston, and then all of a sudden, he couldn't find home plate with a compass. He was walking everybody. He could still throw the ball through a wall, but he couldn't he couldn't uh, throw strikes. So he was out of baseball. He tr- he tried with I think four different teams, and he couldn't hook on. He was the mental skills coach for the. <laughs> Arizona Diamondbacks last year. Mm. And he, he <laughs> wow. was, sh- was shagging flies in the outfield and throwing the ball back to the outfielders. And they were like, man, you're throwing gas. You ought to you, know, you ought to get on the mound and see what you can do. And sure enough, he's come back with the Colorado Rockies, of all places, to co- try to come back as a pitcher. Yeah, well, how about this? How about he hasn't given up a run yet? I think he's made five appearances. He struck out 11 guys, and he hasn't walked anybody. So all of a sudden, this guy that was supposed to be the next great closer was out of baseball. It's kind of like it's kind of like if Rick Ankeel, who got the yips and ended up getting an outfielder, if he had been able to come back and pitch. This is kind of what what Bard has done, and that's been it's one of those feel good stories. You, you you can't help but root for the kid. Right, he's thirty five now, and I yeah. also thought he was a great story. That when we he was with Boston, um, he was reliever. Then he tried to start in two thousand twelve. Yeah. And then when he was just bouncing around, he tried to be a submariner like um, Eric's favorite reliever, Quisenberry, you know, but that didn't work. And to have him back, and he's won one game, he struck out 12, 3.0 ERA. So that's a great story. It's almost like that Disney story, the rookie almost. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun. I mean, and, you know, you have to – and you know what? And to boot, he's a nice kid. You know, I mean, you know, I've met him when I was working in Boston. He's a nice, nice guy. So he's one of those guys that's really easy to root for. Mm. So kids are 35 years old to you now? I'm 60 years old. They're kids, yes. (laughs) Matter of fact, yeah, you know, I mean, I have a daughter that's almost 35 years old. So, yeah, they're kids. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you too, Paul. Come on. Yeah, I know. know? (laughs) The other other day I was uh, at work and somebody said, oh, what did you do last night? So I played with my granddaughter. You're too young to have granddaughter. Are you kidding? I didn't think you were that old. I'm like, is that a compliment or a put? I don't know what that was. You know, um, I uh, love playing my granddaughters. Man, it's the awesome. My story was between uh, Bard, but the other story I sort of like going on is Charlie Blackman with the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, yeah. he's hitting 472 as of today. Um, they've been asking him if he can hit 500 this year. He's sort of enjoying it for a while, and it reminds me when Todd Helton. For the Rockies back in 2000 hit 372 for a season and people thought oh he had a chance to hit 400 and Helton ended his career being an average 316 hitter which is great in many respects but you know the stadium in Colorado just throws everything off and yep. I'm wondering between you guys Eric how many points do you think you should add or subtract for playing let's say at Colorado versus like Detroit. Detroit's a stadium built for pitchers, but you think it adds five or ten points to a batting average? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, I don't think it adds as much as we think it does, but yeah. uh, 
but I do think it at yeah, probably five to ten is is probably reasonable. Okay. I'm actually I'm actually skeptical about how much it adds to the batting average. I'm more skeptical of the power numbers in Colorado, and not just homers, but doubles numbers. I don't necessarily. I, I don't know if the batting average is affected that awful much. I'm sure it is to some degree, but I'm more skeptical of the power numbers. You know, I, I would love to know how many home runs Aaron, uh, Nolan Arenado would hit if he played half his games in Detroit. <laughs> you know, I think I think that I mean, he's a great he's probably there's no question. He's the best defensive third baseman in baseball. But I don't know if his offensive numbers would be anywhere near what they are if he played half his games in a pitcher friendly park. Yeah. So I would consider Kansas City's stadium being a pitcher-friendly park as well, and I would think. Oh, for sure, yeah. And the yeah. Red Sox, Fenway, definitely be a hitter's park as well. Well, uh, you know, and that's funny. It is, but it isn't because think about this. You know, people say it is, but think about that left field wall. I can't tell you how many balls would be out of other ballparks that hit that left field wall and don't go out. You know, mm-hmm. and that and that triangle in right center field. To get it out of there, that's about 420. Yeah, that's a long I mean, way. Yeah, you know, so it, it, it is in some respects, but that that wall takes away a lot, a lot of, of runs. So if you were a hitter, what would be the home field you'd want? I would think New York Colorado. Stadium. <laughs> Colorado, well, Colorado. Yeah. But yeah. New York, if you're a left-hander no, hitting New York. I'm not a York. left-hander. So, yeah, no, I'm not a left-hander, so I don't want to go there. You know, but but I mean, left-handers do because that you mean you can hit, you can do a check swing and hit it out in Yankee Stadium. Right, right. So that's the beauty of baseball to me is that all the stadiums are different and unique and a little creative. And I really didn't like it during the '70s where you had Three River Stadium and Cincinnati and St. Louis, all, and they all were so the same Atlanta. type of thing. You know, it, but you know what was interesting, and I, I I thought about this today when I was in the shower. I do a lot of deep thinking. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, you don't need the other part of the video. But, but <laughs> I've been thinking about the ridiculous home run numbers we're seeing and everybody about the launch angle and all this other stuff. You know how in golf, how they change golf courses to, to uh, tigerize them, so to speak, so that Tiger wouldn't tear their golf courses apart? Mm-hmm. I'm beginning to wonder with the numbers that we're seeing in baseball, if there is going to be some thought given to some point to pushing back the fences so that it doesn't turn into home run derby. Now, I don't know if they would because fans love the home run, but there is no question that we have guys hitting 20, 25, 30 home runs now that 20 years ago probably would have hit a dozen. You know, yeah. it just... But we're it's, weightlifting more, and the bats are, I think, as good as they've ever been, and the ball is wound and, extra tight down in wherever they make them. <laughs> Maybe. I, you know, but it was just something I thought about today. It's just that, that the game has, the power has changed the game so much, and the approach to hitting has changed the game so much. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I totally, and I don't like the way it's been going. So I, I'd be in favor of them thinking about that in the future. For the Tiger Stadium, they had to actually bring in uh, some of the offenses in left field because it was so far out there. So far out, yeah. They just couldn't take it, which leads to the next segment. We have a bunch of new rules in Major League Baseball this year, and I've heard color commentators say, hey, let's try everything this year. This year really doesn't matter. Um, tell that to the team that wins it all, Detroit Tigers fans. Um, <laughs> anyways, I'll keep plugging it. I'll keep trying. Gosh, you know. 
Good heavens. I was so miserable last year. Anyway, so um, let's go about fair or not fair. Is this really good, these new rules? And so we'll start with you, Eric. Um, And this is a almost something that people overlook right now. And that's the new groups of teams into new divisions based by regional areas. Is this a good thing, Eric, or is this just a thing we have to do for COVID? Um, I think it's, I, it kind of depends on your region, I guess. If you're closer to, um, you know, some of the more moneyed regions um, of the, uh, you know, of the, of the country, uh, it's probably not great for you if you're a team, you know, a smaller, uh, smaller team. But I think I think generally it's it's fine. It's sort of interesting. Um, it's been fun to watch the Royals play some some different teams um, than what you know. I, you know, we've already played the Cubbies, and now you know we're playing Cincinnati now. Um, and I don't recall us playing either of those teams in a long, long time. So that's that's I think it's I think it's fun. I don't know that's really a, a big advantage either. Either way, but um, I do think it's fun. Well, except that they haven't really changed the divisions. They've left the divisions the same. Yeah, the divisions are the same. All they've changed is who you're playing. So you're not necessarily playing uh, teams that you would normally see in the American League. They're doing it all by geography. But the actual divisions have stayed exactly the same. They've just changed the schedule as to who you play to try to limit travel. Right, right. And part of that is now it's a universal DH right now. And... I personally think this is a great idea for this year. I think, um, and Gene's going to get all mad, I think, that the managers trying to do strategy toward the end of the game was overblown, uh, and I really like the DH during this year. All right, Gene, let me have it. You know, I have to t- I am coming around. Oh! I, I, I hated it in the beginning, and I because I like the strategy of the National League. I have to be honest. I, I've always liked it. I love a game where you're in the fifth inning, you know, and it's a, a mm-hmm. 2-1 game, and you're trailing by a run, and you got two guys on, and you got to decide whether you want to pinch hit for Clayton Kershaw or not, or not because you might really need this run because you might sc- not score another run off of Max Scherzer. I love having to make those kinds of decisions. They don't have to do that with, with, without the, with, uh, with the DH. But, you know... To be honest, I mean, when you think objectively about it, watching a pitcher hit is painful. <laughs> you know, and funny it, though too. It it can be. It'd be kind of like watching you and me go up to face Justin Verlander. <laughs> it would be funny. We we probably hurt ourselves. Yes. But it would be funny. But but you know, so I look at it from. I mean, you know, they even say like they say, uh, oh, uh, uh, Madison Bumgarner is a great hitter. No, he's not. He's great for a pitcher. He hits a few. He hits a you know a few out, but I think his batting average last year was like around 170. <laughs> you know, this isn't a guy that's hitting 350. You know, there's there's two or three pitchers in baseball that you could call legitimate hitters. Outside of that, they all stink. So I'm kind of coming around. I, I yes, really am. I'm, yes. I'm, 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 I'm rubbing I, off know, on you, Gene. That's good. So I, I would be perfectly okay. I've gotten to a point now where if they decide to keep this rule permanently. I'll be okay with it. Mm. Eric, why don't you weigh in on this? Oh, uh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the best part of that rule is watch is listening to all the, uh, uh, the national league fans complain about it. So that, that always makes me happy. <laughs> um, but, um, but really, I mean, yeah, I think for the most part, you know, 
this the strategy can be interesting, but it comes at a at the price that Gene you know laid out very well. Um, but you know, I think maybe why not? You know, if if a team or pitcher wants to bat, let him bat, and otherwise, uh, you know. <laughs> Good luck selling that to the manager. I know, right? I know. Hey, Bumgarner really wants to get up there and bat fine. Yeah, and 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 Bum and uh, the manager is going to look at Tori Lavola is going to look at him and say, "I got a guy in the bench that can hit 280." Right. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. So I only more time in the batting cage, buddy. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I only have one case where I still would like pitchers to hit, and his name is Bartola Colon. I know he's retired now. Isn't he retired finally? Yeah. Yes, he is. But the yeah. sweetness of coming home and watching that highlight of him watching hitting. Those, yeah, a slow-pitch softball guy he, hitting a home run. Yes, yes. It was like, <laughs> hey, that guy sort of looks like me. Hey, he hit yeah. a home run. Hey, that's <laughs> cool. Man. I like that. Well, that's a blind squirrel finding a nut is what that is. Hey, you keep on looking. Finally, you get one. So <laughs> That's right. All right. So now we're going to go on to our next one, and that is um, – in extra innings, we have a man on second right oh. off the bat. All right, Gene, I want to mute you if you don't. Hey, Gene, Gene, calm down. Calm down, Gene. It's all right, man. Eric, talk some sense into this story. Or maybe you're as passionate as Gene about this is the worst thing ever. No, I think this is dumb. No, no thanks. <laughs> um, uh, I would be, uh, you know, it's, it's fine, you know, for this season, I guess. But, you know, hopefully never, ever, ever again. This is... Uh, this is a way too uh, little league for for my tastes. Right. They they did they started this in high school and colleges because they don't have enough pitching, so they can't afford to have games that are going to go 15, 16, 17 innings. It was it was to save arms for young kids. These are professional baseball players. This is absolutely per- this of anything they have done this year. This is the one I think that irritates me the most. It just is ludicrous. It it makes a mockery. I, Babe Ruth is whirling dervishly in his grave right now. <laughs> Telling you that right now. It's just awful. 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 Well, this has been a whole year of awful with the virus and everything. Um, in I was at a game, I think I told you guys, down in uh, Macon, Georgia, where it was tied, went into the extra innings, and these are college kids playing with wood bats, and it made total sense there because it was hot, we were tired, we were ready to go home. We weren't ready to keep on being there, you know, late at night or anything. Plus, so we about, it was all about you. Yeah, it was all about me, and I wanted to see the fireworks. You know, I didn't know any names of these kids, but if you're if you're really interested in your team and you know every player and every stat matters, I think this is. Bush League. I really do. I don't think this is a good thing. I think play it over. Now, it is another debate is just happening on another sport. Hockey just had a five overtime playoffs and Gene's beloved Bruins had to ha- have their game postponed and now, once again, there's calls for the NHL not to keep on having overtimes, but to have a shootout to end it mercifully somehow. Um, so would you guys be in favor of Two or three innings, like if they get into the twelfth inning, they go to this. No. 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 Oh, no. That's. I'd rather them do a home run derby than this. <laughs> <laughs> no. That sounds like a video game, Eric. Just go boom, 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 boom. Huh? Let's just play the game the way the game is supposed to be played. 
let's stop. Let's stop this nonsense, please. It, it takes care of itself, right? Eventually, you're going to run into the tired pitcher. The really, really long games are pretty few and far between. And, you know, suck it up. It's baseball. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, these guys have weighed in on some of these. Is there a rule that I've missed, Gene? That yeah, this, you... this, yes. the double, double headers. Oh, I, yeah, I sort of hit it. Double headers going to seven innings. Uh, I think for the sake of getting more games in, um, I'll start with this one. I am all for double headers. Let's play two. Ernie Banks, the whole thing. And I think they even should have been doing this long ago. Seven innings also sounds like Little League to me. Uh, I think these guys are, like Gene's already made the point, they're paid. The pl- people have gone to see it. Uh, let's play the whole. Plus, now, right now, they go in the 10th inning. We're already shortening at that point. No, let's play nine innings. And Gene, what do you think on that? I, I agree. Absolutely. Again, I know again, I, I get it doing it in college and in high school. And actually, even in colleges, when I had my last year working in college athletics, I worked in Division One, and we played, when we had doubleheaders, we played a nine and then a seven. Mm. So, you know, so that was kind of a compromise. But these guys, you know, I, I get it why they do it in high school and college. There's just not enough arms. But doing it in, in the pros, I mean, stop it. And, and I don't, to be honest with you, I'm not sure the players are in favor of this either. Mm. Well, they don't have they much choice, do they? Players. I mean, Joe, there were more players, right? Yeah, yeah. Hired more guys to the bigs. Well, I can tell you, I mean, Joe Madden came out and said that he doesn't like the idea. There's, there's several managers that hate it. They said you got to manage the game differently. Yeah. You know, because the fifth inning now becomes the seventh inning. You know, and so, you know, it's, it's a whole different mindset, and they just don't like it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I hate it. But nobody asked I'm, me. I'm, I'm not as, you know, for me, if, so it kind of depends with this, with the, the two through seven games or even a nine and a seven, which I think is actually a pretty good idea. Um, you know, so if if they were to try to get the Cardinals to to sort of, you know, whirl up, uh, you know, some kind of a season to put together, um, you know, the only way to do that is would be to have a bunch of double headers. And the only but, way, they would be able to do that as if it was, you know, seven inning games. Um, so if if we we're going to get into a, a position where like every weekend, every Saturday and Sunday is double headers, that would then I think that changes the math on that um, well, just I, for I, this year. Right. Obviously. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree with you, Eric. I mean, if it's for this year, I can live with it. I'm yeah. talking. I, my concern is that. Rob Manfred, I, you know, is talking about some of these things. If, if it goes over well, they may keep them. You know, and that's the part that scares me. The DH, I can live with. This other stuff, you know, I, I'll get it for this year just to get us through the year so we have something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I really worry about that, that he's going to try to arbitrarily shove some of this stuff down baseball fans' throats. Because you have and, so and, much trust in him, right? Yes, right. This is a, I sometimes wonder if the guy even likes baseball. <laughs> he was pretty um, ticked off when... You know, some players went to the casino, and he was almost like a angry parent. Like, you better do this, and I and the players did yeah. not respond well to that. So, yeah. um, the other thing about this season is we have increased roster size. Do you think we should continue on that in future years? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, probably yeah. not. Nah, whatever. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, wow, I, you both had no take on that. That was yeah. Really, I don't. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. I don't really care. 
Um, the only thing I care about is if they are going to increase roster size, that they don't allow teams to carry 17 pitchers. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, if they limit the number of, if they want to go to 28 guys on a roster permanently, I'm okay with that. If you'll say, hey, let's cap it at 13 pitchers, mm-hmm. five starters, eight relievers. Right. You know, uh, that I could deal with, you know, but hey, I don't really care. I mean, you, you know, the only problem with it is, is that you're probably diluting the sport a little bit because are there really enough good players to go around? But, you know, how much is the guy, the 28th guy on the bench going to play? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. So I, it I, I don't care one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is it's more of a it, it just it, it would make minor league baseball worse. So we might as well not expand the roster. Yeah. So just right. the integrity of, of minor league ball since they're already trying to kill it, right? Hey, yeah. hey Paul, just to jump back to one thing that you we talked yeah. about earlier about, about Coors Field mm-hmm. and what it could do. I just looked up Nolan Arenado on baseball reference, and it's much more stark than I thought it was. At home at Coors Field in his career, 525 games at home, mm-hmm. he's hitting 325. Okay? Mm-hmm. 523 games on the road, so just two game difference. He's hitting 263. <laughs> <laughs> there is a 62-point a difference in his batting average between home and wow. road. Wow. Now, now, I would normally expect hit, like 20% difference because you're happier yeah, at home. It's insane. His OPS at home is 1,000. His OPS on the road is 793. Yeah, I've always been high on Rockies Field. You know, such a great location yeah yeah rocky mountain high i'll tell you what uh it's it's uh it's much worse than i thought it was i just looked it up well i got two additional segments for you guys and then we'll let you guys go one more rule i just want to get you guys sorry sorry oh the new rule this year and it's not covid related um but the uh the three three pitcher yeah oh yes three batters minimum for pitchers i i love this rule i think that i hope so what yeah, that's some strategy for the, yep. for the coach to think about. It yep. speeds up the game. You know, it's a win-win for me. I hope they keep it. Yeah, they should keep that one. Wow. Wait, mark it. this down. You guys totally agree on a new rule change. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think this is, you know, and I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of people grumbling about it. I think it's great. You know, because it doesn't necessarily have to be three batters because it could be one as long as the inning changes, mm-hmm. you know, because you can change after if you only pitch to one batter and the inning changes, you can bring a new pitcher in the next inning. But I love it. I think it's great. I absolutely yeah. agree. I had forgotten about that one. Yeah. Anytime we reduce the walking back and forth to the dugout, I'm in favor. Yes. Totally. Yep. If we can do something about the batters stepping out so much, that would be my dream. I don't know how yeah. you can do that, but I think you need to Fuck put that. like sensors on the box so if they step out, they get buzzed or they get you know what's kind shocked. Of, you know what's kind of what was kind of fun though is that while this whole we had the whole shutdown of baseball for a while, so many of the sports channels were replaying games from 10, 20 years, twenty five mm-hmm. years ago. The speed at which those games were played was impressive. Yeah. I mean, guys, the pitchers were getting the ball, getting a sign, throwing the ball. We didn't have to worry about a pitch clock. Uh, because these guys, it was quick. I mean, that's it's amazing. You know, a lot of games from the late 80s, early 90s, those games were played so much faster than they are today, and there's no reason why they couldn't be. It's just everybody, you know what it is? Everybody wants screen time now. Yeah. Well, do you yep. think the players sort of police themselves sort of on that? Like no. if, if, if a player took too much time on the dugout, they said, come on, what are you doing, man? Like 
No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, back in the day. Yeah, well, I back think in they the have, day. Oh, I absolutely think they did. Yeah, but, I mean that was back in the day when you didn't Cadillac home runs. If you no. had a home run, you ran around the bases, or you were going to get one in a coconut the next time you got up. So you know, you know, there was there wasn't a lot of posing going on. There's posing going on now, whether you hit a home run or not. You hit a foul ball and you're posing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad Eric, you brought that one up. I had it on my list, but that's one we can all agree on. Um, this is such a weird year. I would say a strange year, and I say to people, strange times. So I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think is the strangest thing about this baseball season so far for you? The strangest thing. I know the strangest thing you're probably going to say is the Tigers are playing winning <laughs> baseball. I know you're going to say that. Hey, but Miggy Cabrera looks healthy again. He's, He's got hitting good, yeah. sweet. Um, he actually worked out the off season. What? I know. Amazing. He, he didn't eat that extra ice cream or hot dog. You know, America's been good to him. So... Um, so that's maybe the strangest thing for some people. Or I know the Cubs being 12-3 and three is not a big surprise to anybody. Uh, Miami being 8-4 and four is a nice thing. But, uh, Gene, the strangest thing for you about baseball this year? Empty stands. Mm, yeah. It's bizarre. I can't get used to that. I hate the piped-in crowd noise. I get why they're doing it because it's be like playing in a tomb. Um but, I mean, I worked in Division One athletics for years, and there were games where we had 100 people in the stands. And, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, when you're, when you're doing that in Major League Baseball, it's, it's weird. It's real. I, I don't like it. You know, I mean, so that's been this. I mean, look, the game is still the game. Other than the stupid rules that they've come up with, basically, you still you, you pitch, you hit, you run. I mean, it's still, you know, it's still the game. But those, the empty stands is taking some getting used to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to get used to it, actually. Right. Yeah. No thanks. The uh, the Royals had a game of the week on was it last Sunday, and uh, they they did the thing on Fox Sports. Oh. They, they yes. add the right, yeah. but it's, it's it only works on like a couple one of angle. cameras. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's like on and one so, angle. And so then they show the crowd and like everybody's gone. It's like was there some sort of baseball rapture? What what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> well, and what is what does Fox think everybody's stupid? Like, they're suddenly we're, like we're suddenly going to oh wow look at the fans. Why? Uh, come on. Crazy. Yeah. That was yeah. Uh, the the fun has been some of the some of the cutouts like the, the so Royals those, yeah. got a lot of the Royals yeah. got a lot of love for having the guy, the dead guy from Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the Dodgers, if the Dodgers have a, like a lot of celebrities that have done it. Mary Hart, nice. Hart's got cut out in her regular spot right behind the plate, and you know, nice. so people have had. But I think there's like three different stadiums that have a Bartolo Colon cutout in them. Yes, <laughs> yes. One of them in the Mets, and it's like usually right near the camera at home plate, so you get to see Bartolo Colon a lot. So I mean, that's that is actually kind of fun. But the, the whole empty stands thing is weird. You know, let me ask you, along those lines, I don't know if you saw one of the proposals they have for the NFL this year is to have what they're going to call pods, where you would buy a block of tickets, mm. say 10 tickets, and you all sit together in the stands. And then they've come up with this computer program to separate the fans out across the stadium so that there's social distancing going on. But you sit with your pod of people. So you can't buy an individual ticket. You have to buy a group. And so it's probably going to wind up with 10 or 20% of the stands being filled, but it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish Major League Baseball would do that. It's outside, you know. I mean, I, I wish they'd do that. I mean, I get why they're not, you know, and I get the abundance of caution thing, but I, I just I just hate not hearing people right. heckling. 
Because that's <laughs> half the fun sometimes is picking up the heckling on the crowd, Mike. Well, Strasburg like did that today. He heckled and got thrown out from the stands. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Right before his team got drilled by the Mets. Yeah. So I got another interesting take of why some of the teams are so cautious. Not only that they want to keep everybody healthy, but their lawyers are telling them they have to be careful liability-wise. Because, Gene, even if NFL puts them in groups of 10, you still walk in and out of the same entrances. Some of those hallways are tight, and you're using the same bathrooms. And so just recently, but made big news here, was the Big Ten voted not to have a fall season of football and maybe try to have one in spring. And a lot of people were upset and mad. And one of the article writers for Free Press said, well, it was as much about keeping the players safe. They thought they could do that most of the time, but they worried about the liability. So if one of the players did get sick and died, what would that be like? So unfortunately, that ugly thing is brought up into this often that we don't, often hear in the news reporting. Well, I guarantee you that, that a lot of the reason why the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and, and some of these other conferences are not playing is because the lawyers got with the university president and mm-hmm. said, right. if somebody dies from this, their family's going to own our university. Yeah. You know, and, and we're facing this in the state of Connecticut, trying to figure out whether we're going to have high school football. And I know they are, like in Texas, I know they're planning on playing. In Florida, they're planning on playing. You know, our positive, our positive test rate here in the state of Connecticut is under 1%. Mm-hmm. We have things under control up here. But, you know, I'm not sure we should be playing football. And everybody's worried about, you know, wh- what happens when one of the kids gets sick? Who's responsible for that and who's going to get sued? So I, I get what you're saying. That like, I know the Cowboys are putting like this big disclaimer on the back of the tickets and specifically saying you could be exposed to COVID-19 right on the ticket. Yeah. Telling you you accept the liability, just like they have now where they say, you know, we're not responsible if you get hit with a foul ball. Mm-hmm. Except, guess, except guess what? You're going to get sued if somebody gets hit with a foul ball and gets hurt. Right. Because we've seen that. Ha- we saw that happen in Houston. Yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, you right. can say all you want on those tickets, and maybe it helps your legal case, but people can still sue you, and right. you know, you do not want that lawsuit. Right? Ooh, I think no. you, that's a loser. Um, yeah, it's it's you know, I think, you know, my company that I work for, we put on a lot of big events, and you know, we were you know hopeful earlier this summer before you know things went you know really south earlier that we were going to be able to have our events. And, you know, when we started talking to the big sponsors, you know, we announced, hey, we're going to have the show. Um, you know, the, the big sponsors were suddenly like, hey, 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 wait a minute. Let's talk about this. <laughs> and the, uh, you know, some of the, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the, the volunteers and the people who work, you know, I mean, if you're working at one of these football stadiums um, and you make, you know, uh, you know, not exactly a life changing amount of money, are you going to go risk mm-hmm. your health you right. know, to so I think there's a lot of different factors that go into these seasons and uh, uh, sports getting canceled or not having fans in the stands. You know, it's just there's a lot of things that people just don't take into consideration of, of what and why right. you, know, you can't have these events. It's just it's a lot more complicated than just don't want to. Right. Well, determination alone is not going to make this thing go away. I think some people are saying, hey, we just need to do it right. And if we do it right, the thing will go away. And that's just not happening. And and what the doctors are nervous that I hear at work is, 
okay, if we do have a second wave and it hits the same time as the regular flu, now what is Ooh. that going to be like? So my right. hope right now is we are going through a little earlier second wave and hopefully um, we'll have a vaccine by early next year from a reputable company. Um, and that will help it get down to a point where it's not acceptable, but it's we can move forward with some more things in our culture. Which leads me to my last question. Uh, I never saw the movie The Time Travel Hot Tub Machine, whatever. But guys, if you could go into a time travel hot tub right now and go back to any year and just enjoy life without masks, without extra rules of baseball, what year would you go back to? And I'll tell you mine first as you're thinking about it. Uh, I would go back to 1968, and that's an obvious year if you're a Tiger fan. That's the year they beat the St. Louis Cardinals for the World Series. Uh, I was a little kid. I had all the baseball cards. We even named a cat, a little kitten that our cat had, Mickey for Mickey Lolich and another one, Mickey, for Mickey Stanley. So we had two Mickeys there for a while. Um, it was just a great year. You know, when you're young and you're riding bikes around all summer long and swimming and just eating all the ice cream you can eat and getting dirty and not worrying about life, that was a great year. I'd love to go back to 1968. So, Gene, if you go back a previous year, what would it be? 1986 and not marry my ex-wife. <laughs> wow wow okay <laughs> that's honesty there folks there's honesty uh you know uh <laughs> sorry I, I i couldn't resist it was too um, laid out for you wasn't it my probably you know and, and even though it ended in crushing defeat for me uh, I probably would want to go back to 1975 and relive the World Series against Ooh. the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, that was tough. Um, man, I was I was a you know I was a junior in high school, sophomore in high school, and it was uh, just that was a magical time, and I really believed it was going to happen. And then of course I believed every year after that it was going to happen, and I continued to get crushed. But uh, I, I think baseball wise, I think 1975 mm. was probably my favorite year because. I think it was the first year that baseball was magical for me. I was always a baseball fan. I always played baseball. I started going to baseball games in 1966. But I think 75 was the first year for whatever reason. And I don't know if it was the Fisk home run or what it was. That was the one year to me that was when baseball became part of my part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. I think that's what 75 is what turned me into the the baseball uh, nut job that I am today. Mm. Who could never forget Fisk saying, you know, trying to shoo the ball over, you know? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was such a great playoff series. And the Cincinnati yep. Red Machine, oh, my gosh. That was like superheroes to me watching that whole World that's Series. Nice. Well, those, I mean, the, the number of Hall of Famers on that team is just, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Eric, do you have a year you can think of? Yeah, I would probably have to go with 1989, mm. um, which has no particular um, relevance to the Royals. But um, it is similar to Gene. It's a year I kind of fell in love with, with baseball. I mean, I'd always been a fan, you know, but I think that was a year that really changed it for me. And also just, you know, I was still in college and me and my buddies, you know, you know, you know first of all, the, the year started with, 
uh, a spring break to Key West with some of my buddies from, from my fraternity in college. Then I got engaged in May and spent the summer just just learning how to cook as well. So, you know, I'm a, a, you know, cooking is one of my passions. And so I spent the summer working in restaurants and we'd, we'd go cook wow. lunch and we'd spend um, uh, then the rest of the day just playing sand volleyball. I, I stayed at college that summer, but didn't take any classes. I just worked. So I worked at the TV station and at the restaurant and we would just, we'd play sand volleyball um, all summer long. And then we'd uh, you know, maybe you watch a Cubbies game. That was back when, you know, they only played during the day. Right. Um, yeah. So it was just like just a beer soaked, um, <laughs> just fun, stupid summer where I, I didn't do anything but just have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, uh, and then ended up, you know, getting married, closing out the year on December 30th. So. Wow, that Still was a big college. year for you, man. It was I, a big year, yeah. yeah. I bet you had so a I'm, nice tan and cut. lots of hair. <laughs> I did have some <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just found out you and I have something in common. I, I love to cook. I used to work. I cooked. I, I was a chef in a restaurant when I was in oh, college. Really? Yeah, I cooked yeah, in an, yeah. Ita- an Italian restaurant when I was in college. Wow. Very nice. What's yep. your best dishes, both of you? I mean, if you had to pick one dish to make for me, not that I'm hinting or anything. Beef, bor- <laughs> beef, beef bourguignon. Ooh, oh, nice. Very I nice. make a mean one. Yeah, it's wow, pretty good. that sounds good. Eric, so I, I've had some of your cooking. You do a really good job yeah, on the grill, but bes- besides that? Um, so if not on the grill, um, you know, I do. Well, this is on the grill, too. Um, <laughs> You're in Texas. Of course it's on the well, grill. Well, he does Texas amazing things on the City, grill. Right? Yeah, so I, I'm just going to So this is a dish that I, I, I uh, ate at... Uh, uh, Zingerman's Roadhouse there in Ann Arbor. Boom. Uh, just one of my favorite restaurants in the world. It's amazing. It's still there, right? It is. It is. Yeah. It's so good. Um, but they did this dish. It was, they took, uh, pie pumpkins and they cut them in half and baked them and then filled them with, uh, it was like just basically just a bunch of cheese. They had like a Devonshire cream and I don't, it was three or four oh, kinds of cheeses. Yeah. And that, can, some, that can't be bad. <laughs> yeah, and so I've I've done that dish a number of times because Amy's a vegetarian, so I do it every year at uh, at Thanksgiving, and because the pie pumpkins are available for one, um, but uh, but I'll I tend to rub it now. I'll rub it down with some garam masala, which is an Indian spice, yep. and uh, uh, then stuff it with grains um, uh, of some variety. And then put some cheese or, or mushrooms or something on top and, and lots of other herbs and stuff. It it turns out really good. It's one of my favorite things. Wow. Wow, that sounds I'm ready. We're ready to yeah. come out there. Come right. Yeah. Oh, and I, I smoke I smoke the pumpkin while mm. I'm smoking the turkey. Yeah, so. Gene, he sends me these pictures of amazing food and it's just torture. <laughs> Just torture. <laughs> All right, guys, the time is coming up quick. I'll give you a last 30 seconds to a minute just to have your last chance to vent about anything we've talked about. Gene? I, I, you know, I've already vented enough today. I, I, I just, I look, I'm, I sound really grumpy today, but I'm just, <laughs> and it's because the Red Sox have got, it's so, so bad right now they have Jose Peraza pitching. Uh, so it's it's really bad. Um, you know, I'm just glad baseball's back. I mean, there are some things about this season I'm not happy with. I hope some of these new rules don't follow through. But at, all the same, I'm just grateful to be able to sit at home 
and watch a baseball game again. It, it's it's uh, it's just it's part of me. So I feel complete now. Wow. Yeah, and I'm that thankful was, you. That was, that was deep, wasn't it? That was. That was and I appreciate that you're back on uh, doing your morning show. I had missed when you were not doing it. It's a nice diversion at work when I'm checking my emails. So glad, glad I can help. Yeah, Eric, <laughs> your last second or oh, so. Oh, you know, um, you know, yeah. I'm just so happy to be able to watch baseball again. Um, and you know, and also, you know, right now at least, and for who knows how much longer, I don't have to compete for TV time uh, with the Royals and the Cardinals. Um, so you know, that's a uh, that's pretty good. My wife, the Cardinals fan, I just hear her <laughs> randomly scream every afternoon that the uh, Cardinals aren't going to be on again or or she's found out that another player has turned up positive. So, you know, that's, I guess, you know, if, if you want to count your blessings, it's that, you know, the the Cardinals are, are completely on the DL. That's proof that true love conquers all that a Cardinals fan <laughs> can marry a, a Royals fan. I know. Isn't that something? Yeah. That would be like me marrying a Yankee fan. That could never happen. It could never <laughs> it happen. It gets a little ugly. Oh yeah, and Never. keep in mind that we, uh, you know, we started dating in '88, '86, '87. We started dating in '87, so only like a year and a half after the Don Dinkinger call in oh. the '85 World oh, Series. Oh goodness! Oh. So, uh, so we had a little a friendly sparring with with uh, some of me and some of her family. Yeah. And don't tell anything. I said all of that about the Cardinals. <laughs> oh, you're gonna pay My me not fine. to keep it in the broadcast? Is that what you're gonna tell me? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, tell, keep you, it in. tell you what, we'll be we'll be quiet. We'll be quiet. Just send food. Yeah, that's right. Send food. All right, guys. Thanks for being part of Boys of Summer. We'll try to do this a little more often as we can this summer. Um, and I, a week from Saturday, my little daughter is getting married. Um, it's oh, going to yeah. be a great oh, day. Yeah, we're going to had to move it from a church to on um, the beach, over looking over Lake Michigan, and so. We're praying for good weather, and I'm just going to enjoy being a dad, and she's marrying a great guy. So, summer, if you can have great food, great family time, and baseball, what more do you really need, right? So, for Gene Gums and Eric Braun, this is Paul Arnold. Have a great day, and let's play, too. You've just listened to Boys of Summer podcast. This is Paul Arnold, your host, and I forgot to let you know how to get a hold of us. If you want to get a hold of me... Email me at GoBlueArnold, G-O-B-L-U-E-A-R-N-O-L-D, at gmail.com. Proves I can spell. And i uh, love to hear what you have to say. And if you want to give us some talking points, or even if you want to be a guest co-host, I would love to talk to you or exchange emails. So give us a contact and enjoy baseball this summer.